Welcome to Keeping Up With Trends. This is Fed Razak, Senior Trading Strategist here at CM Trading. And we're joined with your host, Sergio David. And this is episode... Hey, hey, you know, <laughs> I would actually like to look that up. I mean, we started this journey about a year ago, and it's just been going from strength to strength. Maybe we should do something fun for our, you know, 50th, I think. Yeah. All right. But before that... Um, <laughs> before that, I'd like to chat to you about elections because right. 2024 is going to be a huge year for, well, globally anyway, in terms of elections. I mean, we've already had major movements in, you know, Argentina with uh, their new prime minister. South Africa is going to have a general election soon. And of course, the whole world will be watching come November for the US elections. So I thought today we could chat about how, you know, elections affect the economy. So my question to you is what 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 are some of the first signs we see during an election year on the economy? Okay, so <laughs> I don't know like a normal election year or this election year. That's what, what defines an election? A normal well, election, I'm, man. I mean, well, no, the same two guys in America. <laughs> I added again. It wasn't yeah, well, a normal election back then. I'm not even going to bring up January 6th. It wasn't an election then, and I think this year is going to be even weirder. But so yeah, I, in normal circumstance, what do we look at? So, okay. Look, I mean, let's go back to eight years ago when Trump was uh, elected versus Hillary Clinton. Now, right. Hillary Clinton, nobody likes. Uh, for God knows how many reasons, and um, she she just she made it. She's a very wise woman. Um, I, I don't take anything away from her in terms of her ability um, right. to manage, and in terms of her astuteness and intelligence, she's very capable, very very yep. capable. Uh, but some of her mannerisms was very much like that uh, principle, like. <laughs> you know, yeah, the one that's I think she came across as very antagonistic, very controlling, brushed, very yeah, like, very controlling, yeah. which brushed people the wrong way. Right? But yeah, so, you were saying. So between her and and Trump at the time, which was a very close election, yeah, um, Trump initially won. Now, Trump is a capitalist. Number one, he's an American. He's one that is all you know. Sp- Bang Spankle Banner. You know, like he is, he's New York. He is an immigrant. He's coming from an immigrant family. Um, has the, I don't, I don't believe that he has the personal values, but I believe that he has the macro values of American society, uh, of America first and all that stuff. And yeah. whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, you know, he had what to show for in terms of bringing the economy to where it is today. Um, right. And I, I truly believe that what he set into motion is where the economy is right now. I don't believe that, and, and with all due respect to Joe Biden, I don't believe what Joe Biden did had changed the economy from being where it is today. Now, there's a, there's, you know, there's a distribution of power. You can't, like, you can't, uh, you can't, dis, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ascribe um, everything to be, you know, the, the president, not right. the president, is not responsible for everything. You can't say, "Oh, the economy 
the crime rate, you know, there is a, a limitation to what the president can do. However, they can set in to regulatory standards, to some of the issues with the border being breached on a regular basis and letting immigrants come in. And they're allowed to vote, God help us, you know, out of nowhere. And we don't know where these people are from. Um, so this is a very telling time for the United States. Yeah, I think and- policy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to that. But, but maybe, maybe we can break this up into, into segments, you know, financial market segments. So let's start with Forex. What happens to the U.S. you know dollar during an election election year? Okay, so I mean, one it's second. Got to so have a lot I, of volatility, I, right? Whoa, 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 easy, easy, easy. Okay, I'm gonna. You're, you, the premise of what you're saying is, Sergio, yep. is that it's only elections and everything else is well, really secondary or not really. Yeah, I think however, it's, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. However, okay, we do know that we're coming off a very big inflationary move yep. in the markets yep. over the past two years. Um, And that has been stabilized. And Powell has said that it's been stabilized. However, interest rates are going to stay higher longer. Okay, so that sets a certain tone. Okay. And also, you're also admitting the fact that when you're trading currencies, it's not just one currency, there's a counter currency as well. So if Europe is not doing well, if there's still destabilization, in in Europe because of the war in Ukraine and that gets spilled over or Norway comes into NATO somehow and Russia doesn't like it and they continue to expand some of their activities in the western part of Russia and they expand. There are so many mitigating factors here. Right. So, you know, so, and and then you got to take into, okay, that's the euro. What about the Japanese yen? What about the British pound, right? So in terms of forex standards, Okay, we look at it from a inverse relationship to the Dow Jones to the financial markets, meaning if the dollar gets stronger, the Dow and the indices generally get weaker. However, that correlation doesn't always follow suit. Okay, it's not a rule of thumb. It is a rule, but it's not a rule of thumb. So with that said, going into this year, knowing all this stuff, I hope that the markets stay relatively sane. And this is the biggest issue, okay? And I've been talking a long time now, okay? And this is really the biggest <laughs> issue. There are going to be so many surprises between now and November 5th, which is the election, okay, that we can't even anticipate. We don't know what cat is going to be coming out of the bag to bite both candidates. This and is this true. Is- I mean, yeah, we're looking at a couple yeah, indictments. Yeah, one on on Biden's side that he's fighting off, and about ninety plus on <laughs> Trump's side. But either way, you know, these indictments could you know affect affect the elections and, of course, voting public and the markets. It's just um, you know, I tell yeah. you, Sergio, I was back in the states just a month ago. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I, you know, I I I met with a professional guy. Really, like he makes maybe I don't know, like a really professional guy. He makes about two hundred thousand dollars a week. Okay, sat down with him. He's in real estate, um, and and just you know, just speaking to people. I like to speak to people, right? And right. I sat down with him and I said, you know, this is what's going on, and you know, America's like this. He goes, well, I'm ready. I said, what are you talking <laughs> about? He says, well, I'm all, I'm you. You have no idea. I'm ready. I said. <laughs> 
I said, Joe, what are you talking about? He goes, I am packed to the gills. I was packed with what? He says, I got more ammo. <laughs> and oh, he starts showing geez. pictures <laughs> of all his know? ammunition. Now, this is a New York guy. This is not like <laughs> somewhere in Texas, you know, where yeah. I would expect it. You know, this is a normal New York born and bred. Yeah. You know, to be fair, though, gun proliferation in America is, you know, everywhere. That's but not the point. It, the point yeah. is it's that they're expecting something. And something. like, and he wasn't the only one. I get one into sure. the store, which was like an a, a outdoor gooding store. And I said, you know, and, you know, we got into talking a little bit. And, and, and so he said to me, yeah, you know, I'm packed. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. We're like, you have no idea. We have, we're ready. I said, really? <laughs> he said, yeah, we're ready. For what? I, well, I have no idea. They're, they're afraid of, you know, this, this amendment, you know, they take very seriously in the United States. And I think it's, it's like a telling sign that someone is expecting something, that they, they know someone knows something about something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, I, it always, it, look, in South Africa, I mean, we've got one, one political party which has about 40% plus you know, of the vote have being the ANC and then not even a close second would be Democratic Alliance, which is about nineteen percent of the vote, right? And, and what about and then there are at least that I can think of a hundred <laughs> other parties. Oh, no no lie. There's about a hundred plus party parties on our list. Hell, we've got a soccer party. That's a party <laughs> that's dedicated in terms of its political policy to change South Africa through promotion of soccer, I'm not joking. It's on the it's on the it's on the ballot, right? But I always enjoyed the fact that you know there is choice, there is variety. There's somebody somewhere that's going to be speaking to your voice. But when you have such a divisive two party system like in America, it's it's very scary to watch from the outside. You know, we, like like. In, in South Africa, you don't get, you know, an ANC, you don't get an ANC state and, and, and Democratic Alliance state. You might get municipalities which are run by those said parties, right? But it's not like the people in there live, breathe and die, you know, their colors. Whereas in America, what's always fascinating is people live and breathe and die red or blue. That's it. You know? It is it's so scary for me to think that you can be that divisive. I actually disagree. I think I think things you like, know, like you look at it as only two parties, but there's three branches of government, um, and there's it's not like you know where you have a party and the party elects. It's not like the European system, um, and I think that up until now. Um, as long as the right and the left didn't veer so far apart from each other, it works. It works very well. Uh, and that's how I would, I would argue, is that that's why the United States did so well for so long. Now, however, what's happening in the past year and a half, no, sorry, what are we talking about? Year and a half in the past decade is that yeah. you see the right and the left continue to swing further apart. Yeah. And to the point that it's getting uh, verbally abusive, 
Um, it's yep. getting it's it's getting dangerous. Lot. It's getting and, dangerous. And the sad thing is, people base you know your entire ideology around a political party, which for me is weird in the extreme. You know, and the sad thing is, I remember you know it used to be a case of if you were right. It was a case of you want to spend more money in terms of stimulating the economy and more, uh, you know, towards military spending, right? And if you were on the left, it would be more into social services and less spending on the military. But they could still talk to one another. Now you got to a case where they can't, absolutely can't, and they're not. And I think also media, you know, stokes that fire and creates that separation, because it, 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 you know, it sells, right? So we live in two separate echo chambers, left and right, but nobody's talking to each other. They're talking at one another. But if I can bring this back, let's talk stocks, right? I mean, we've had, uh, well, I mean, it's only February, but we've had an amazing year so far for a lot of the big, you know, tech companies. In election year, uh, you know, we said you're coming off uh, interests, Interest rates, you know, are cooling. So, you know, that's obviously going to give a lot of people sigh of relief so they can spend more. What's going to happen to the stock market? And yes, so once again, I want you to peer into Fred's <laughs> magic crystal paper. ball. Oh, crystal ball. <laughs> so, this is the thing. Like you said, it's policy. Um, you know, between now, okay, and I'll, I'll section the, the year before November 5th and after November 5th. Um, I believe very much, Sergio, in what yeah. if situations. Now, in the markets, you got to look at it as segments, okay? Uh, between now and the Republican primaries, it does look, obviously, that Trump will be the main uh, candidate for the Republicans, okay? Nikki Haley is way behind, okay? She's still trying to stay in. I don't know why. Uh, DeSantis left. Um now, what happens on the Democratic side? Does um, Biden give up? Does Biden say, you know what, I've each reached my capacity and I'm not, I can't move forward from here? Uh, does someone else, like Michelle Obama, come in or um, the governor from California? His name is News. I think it's too late on the Democratic um, side in any case. I don't know. I don't, for, I don't, I, for that kind of primary. Joe's um, the choice. I don't well, I mean, see, you never know. I don't see Kamala um, putting in a bit. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, he's he's getting older, you know, and and like, you know, you know, he should live long and be well. But you know, he's in his 80s. To be um, fair, they are both old, which bothers well, me a lot. Yeah, I, I don't want to be ageist, but I think it is a problem when you have two candidates I, that old. I, Duly, be- I duly agree with you. I mean, I would have liked somebody in their, you know, somewhere in their sixties. I think fifties yeah, is also yeah. too early. Yeah. Um, ideally, I think sixties, you're still, you know, with it together, and you still have enough strength uh, to be. Good. But you know, to Trump's, you know, um, I mean, the, in terms of his stamina, he definitely like he he's he's a strong man. He's physically a strong man. Um, I think he's a very vocal I, man. <laughs> No, but like I don't there were interviews. There were some interviews with him, you know, about his schedule on a daily basis, you know, during the um, 
I mean, this is going back four years ago during the, um, uh, during the, you know, as they do their tour around the country. And he's a busy man. He, he really puts in a lot of hours into work. And um, what's interesting, though, is that his base has completely changed. Um, he doesn't have the same people around him, his immediate people. Um, so that's yes, kind of interesting. I think, yeah, <laughs> a lot of firings, a lot of letting go. And no more Rudy Giuliani either. Um, here's the thing, though. How much of this, the election, is also going to be dependent on foreign policy? I mean, you're talking about two wildly different people in terms of how um, they handle everything. I think foreign you know, policy right now, I, I mean, like, again, you know, I don't, like, you're asking a loaded question, you know, because Trump says, if I was president, the war in Ukraine will be over tomorrow. And when he says it, he means it. Um, and you don't have to like the guy to accept some of his policies. I, 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 you know, he avoided a confrontation with Russia four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I truly believe the guy knows how to delegate in terms of his policy. Now, does that mean that Europe is going to like it? No, they probably won't. No, you know because he said this not. again. You know, we we flipped the bill for NATO of 171 billion dollars. He says, and you know, Europe, you know, gives like 20 billion for their own protection. You know, yeah. Um, now, you know, what are the side yeah. deals that are the benefit of it? That's another story. Um, but you know, ultimately, I I I believe that he, you know, if you look at history. Okay, the Republicans have been very strong. Okay, uh, for example, like Reagan when he came in, the American hostages were released the day he became president, and he didn't say anything. But they kind of <laughs> knew that the Republicans are very strong, whereas the Democrats yeah. take a a physically strong stance internationally, right? But right. are soft on on voice, right? So it's interesting. Yeah. That I've, I've always you know, seen he's that very vocal, me. but he didn't get into he didn't get into any scrimmages. You know, Trump didn't get into any scrimmages while he was in power. Again, you don't have to like the guy; you don't have to agree with him. Uh, but I'm just looking at policy, um, yeah. and it doesn't I, sound like I'm pro-Trump. But at the same time, I thought I, I also think that Joe Biden did a, a good job relatively to what environment we find ourselves over the past four years. Um, what's also going to be interesting is, you know, you mentioned Ukraine and on our last uh, podcast, you also mentioned how Africa will, you know, play a big part in, you know, geopolitics. I think it's also going to come down to the situation in the Middle East and the two potential wars that are might happen in with Venezuela and it's, and it's very small neighbor. And of course, um, the, issue, the situation with the Houthis. I'm not even looking at China. I'm just talking about like active active zones okay. where America, you know, has these assets. I don't believe, which with China, given its record, that they'd actually invade Taiwan. I think they're much more, how can I say, subtle about their their ways of taking over. And obviously, everything for them is an economic driver. You know, you so I don't happening. think they're going to like, invade. 
I don't know about invade, but you see things happening, though, you know? Yeah, blockade, military assets being moved. But I think a far more, a more, uh, not deadly situation, but a far more um, globally impactful situation right now is what's happening with the Houthis. (laughs) I mean, that entire, you know, Mediterranean slash Red Sea uh, port port zone is being affected and that's a serious issue and it's going to be and you know i mean it's already escalated it's where a few it's marines really have died it's iran yeah let's it's face really... it it is iran <laughs> it's iran so... but there's already been three american deaths well three marines killed you know right. so it's already and escalated at the, time, at the same time you know it's the question is is these proxy wars you know hezbollah uh going to enter the war um is the other countries going to start you know you know yep. saudi arabia is challenged by iran uh iran is yep. a very big threat to saudi arabia uh and to the entire region and, and to <laughs> you know iran is is a very powerful country i mean they are a lot more sustainable than many people give it to them um and it's it's you know, it's scary. It really is scary. I mean, what yeah. they're, you think it's so, an ideology. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, going forward, we should maybe unpack that specific zone and just how it's affected, you know, global trade. And it has. I mean, I've, I've seen articles in terms of like how they're slowing down trade through there and increasing tariffs. And that's going to affect, you know, everybody. You know, it's such a, it's such a bottleneck you know, um, of trade. But, you know, if I could wrap things up, you know, what advice do you have for traders during this year? Are we going to see a lot of volatility? I truly believe so, yes. And I would look at things as segments. I wouldn't think to trade the financial markets on a uh, trending basis. Not to say that it might not trend, okay, either lower or higher. Uh, but we do find ourselves right before an election year at all-time record highs on the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ and uh, some of the stocks, the biggest stocks that we know, including Microsoft, including Amazon, are on their all-time highs. Uh, the banks are on their all-time highs. Uh, JP Morgan, which is the largest bank in the world, is on all-time highs. And NVIDIA, which has you know Peace. really been the forefront. Testing okay? the $2 trillion mark. I mean, the first time we brought it onto the podcast, it was trading at $500. Now it's at $700. Yeah, it's so insane. it's like, and over the past four years, it went from 40 bucks to $700. Okay. Yeah. Talk about, you know, a missed opportunity. <laughs> Just an amazing company. Um, that was one, you know, that is a missed opportunity. But however, I still believe that there's always opportunities in the market. That's what I love about the financial markets. You missed one. Okay. There's going to be a next one. So just hang in there and look for them. So I would look at things in segments. Okay. Now until the primaries, uh, primaries from, let's say from May through August, and then September time is going to be a whole thing. You also have to take into consideration there are financial indicators like the CPI, core price index, inflation, uh, the interest rate decisions from the Federal Reserve, which is a completely separate entity. And as long as everything is status quo and wars don't start spilling over, uh, we could definitely see a lot of activity in the in the market. And if they do, that's even more so that markets will be even more volatile. And 
That, as they say, is a wrap. Thank you so much, Fred, for all your awesome advice and insights. To all our listeners out there, please like and subscribe, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you, Sergio.